Welcome to Pastors of the Roundtable. This is the Discipleship Podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church, brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. We encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. Uh, Sitting around here, we've got Tim, Scott, Dave, me, and we are continuing this walkthrough of some of the big topics of um, the uh, the Ligonier uh, and Lifeway research uh, that they did together on the state of theology, the state of what people believe um, in the United States. And last week we talked about the question, can God change? And we found uh, a troubling number of people um, actually do believe God changes, can change his mind, does change. And this week we want to ask the question and, and look at this, are we born innocent? Are we born innocent? So... Um, that's what we want to, uh, walk through, um, today. Um, so let's, let's start off here real quick. Um, the Ligonier, just so we can recut, remind ourselves, the Ligonier uh, Ministries and Lifeway, um, work together to find out the theological beliefs. This is at the state of theology.com if you're interested. Um, and so this week we're going to talk about if, whether or not you agree or disagree with this statement, everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God. And so the people that took this poll were asked this question or asked to agree or disagree with this statement. Everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God. Among U.S. adults, generally, 71% of people agree that everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God versus only 21% who disagree that everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God. Um, now, in a sense, that's not surprising, I suppose. Um, we live in a pretty optimistic age, despite all of the reasons for pessimism we might have around us. Um, there's always this hidden pessimism or hidden optimism still within us. But even this, whenever you turn this now to U.S. evangelicals, um, it uh, it is sadly a similar uh, thing where they, whether or not you agree with this statement, 65% of people who claimed to be or are described as U.S. evangelicals, 65% of people agree that everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God versus 32% of U.S. evangelicals who disagree with that. Um, so, guys, what do you think about this? Is this surprising? Um uh, whenever you read this statement um, and these statistics, are you surprised by this? Um, why or why not? I'm with you. I don't think I'm surprised from like just the general poll. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think people would say, you know, you make your way in the world, you you determine it, and you start with a yeah with a clean slate. Mm-hmm. So so you know so that's not surprising. Uh, the evangelical ones, I mean. I guess it should be surprise. It should be surprising. Yeah. I guess. I mean, I've definitely come across this though in my ministry, or people who uh, who have this view that we are born with a with a clean slate. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they where they get that scripturally, um, but I have I have come across it. Not at this percentage. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? Sixty five to thirty two percent. Yeah, that's kind of uh, sad because that that. Uh, 
then deals that that plays a lot then into other theological concepts and beliefs that we have definitely that are very important definitely <laughs> that, that's a problem yeah yeah it, it is it is kind of shocking and but i when i did a uh, i did a bible series bible bible study series um at my previous church on wednesday nights and we did like major doctrinal issues mm-hmm. and one of them was the um the issue of total depravity and and uh, i was i was surprised within that group how many even like one particular deacon how many people believe that we are born with a clean slate mm. and then we can in as we grow as we mature as we come to age or whatever then that's when depravity sets in mm. if you will and i was really surprised by that even though we looked at Psalm 51 right. <laughs> and other passages right. that say the other, the contrast. And then that brought up issues of Pelagianism and so forth mm. that we, we discussed. And, uh, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's alive and kicking. Yeah. Proofs right here. Would, would you know, uh, off the top of your guys head, are there any denominations that would take this stand? Like would any of the holiness movement think that you start with a clean slate or anything? Yeah, I think that it would be to varying degrees. Okay. You know, some people might, you know, um, you know, some people have a very dark view of human sin, um, and then others have very, it's, it's just shaded, you know, it's not like an either or, it's kind of to a varying degrees, but definitely holiness traditions, I think, would probably uh, tend to have a shallower view of sin. That's what I would yeah. Yeah, think. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I asked. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know yeah. off the top of my head. Yeah. I'd have to study it. But. Yeah, yeah. Typically, you know, traditions that would be associated with Arminianism or yeah. like you've talked about, historically known as Pelagianism or mm-hmm. semi-Pelagianism would have a, a not so dark understanding or a not so uh, desperate understanding of man's situation in the fall. Um, it's, it's not so dire yeah. um, as other, other groups might say. Yeah. Scott, are you breaking down the, uh, the uh, because last week you helpfully um, broke down some of the other statistics for us underneath that. Have you been doing that at all, or are you uh, just messing with your phone? I mean, I, I'm, I'm mainly just I'm checking. He's Facebook. refusing to be a part after yeah. you cursed at him last yeah. episode. Yeah, well, believe I'm me, I was rebuked by... <laughs> Man, I missed that. Go ahead, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I did try to break it down a little bit, but it's honestly a little... It's difficult to use this because mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what the difference is. I mean, I mentioned this the last episode, but... There's, you can select evangelical under affiliation in terms mm-hmm. of a denomination, right? Which is interesting. I don't know what they're considering, what denomination there. Um, but then there's also, uh, you can select evangelical or non-evangelical under belief. If you select both uh, under affiliation, then it changes a lot. Yeah, it basically becomes fifty-fifty. Mm. Which is still very yeah. surprising and not good, right? But it it's it's not yet to the trend that you see among all U.S. adults. Mm. But I guess I just don't understand why they have evangelical twice uh, mm. on the study. But I mean, yeah, either way, it's right. it's surprising and alarming to think that so many uh, evangelicals who uh, believe and have a high view of Scripture don't see this, right? Don't understand it. What would mo- what do you think most? Um, so there's there's going to be various grades of this. Um, let's uh, so, for instance, if we talk about people on the far, you know, maybe people that are a part of mainline denominations that are, and by that I mean 
the big denominations like the Presbyterian Church USA, the Episcopal Church, there are good people within those denominations, but as a as an as an overall unit, and, or you know, and there's other denominations that fit underneath those those bigger uh, ones like that. But they've gone very liberal overall. What would do you think their view of of people? born and whether or not they're innocent what would what do you think they would believe compared to um people who would i guess i'm trying to say those are kind of on the far end of a spectrum right yeah i'd have to think they say they are innocent because they seem to derive a lot of their theology not based off of scripture so much but off of uh what they would call natural feelings or inklings and so then they would have to say that those natural things are pure and good right right um, and so they would have to start from a good place yeah. of being a clean slate or even even maybe go beyond the clean slate of like neutral to no you're actually born in a good state right of great positivity mm. right uh, or of uh, I don't know yeah and then the only thing that makes you bad is your situation around you yeah I was just gonna mm-hmm. say it seems like the the influence of psychology, and uh, and and that field, which essentially does say, no, if if something's wrong with you, it's because of your situation, mm-hmm. and and that even extends to like your brain chemistry. Like it can't possibly be that no, like you actually have a sinful nature. Like mm-hmm. you as a person are bad, right? And that that can't be an answer, right? Um, because that doesn't make you feel very good, yeah. right? Uh, so, which is the opposite of what psychologists want to right. do. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to make you feel good. <clears throat> So I just think that probably people's view of this and has been influenced by modern psychology. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah, definitely. I, I've encountered people that you know believe when it comes to depravity, like our our flesh, our passions, but our our intellect, our mm. in, our mind is actually clean or pure, and mm. that comes from Thomas Aquinas. I mean, he believed Aquinas believed that we were our our flesh, our passions were were fallen, were depraved, but our intellect, our mind, Seems- was not. It gnostic. was a, very Gnostic and very much based on the time, the Enlightenment time. I guess it was before, but he was in Renaissance, you know, that the, that 13th hundreds or whatever, where it was like really, you know, science was moving forward and, and all that. And I think that's that, that's a common thing, which is the semi-plagiism kind of idea mm-hmm. too, where like part of us is fallen, but there's other parts that are good <laughs> right, in, in, right. in themselves. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so, We've talked. So you got the far. Um, you got one spectrum, but now, like, where do we um, people that would um, be more in that moderate middle place? Now, I'm talking about people that would be a part of maybe our our denomination, the Southern Baptist Convention, or another church that would say we believe the Bible is the Word of God. We believe Jesus is the only way of salvation. But often there's a an opinion of of still a softening of children's of the sin of of people of children and of of people being born uh there still is like you know whether it be that age of accountability of argument or so on um talk a little bit about what your experience is and what you've encountered um because that's that is still somewhat agreeing with this statement that everyone is born innocent in the eyes of god Right. Um, so, what what would those people believe that would be in this middle section? I mean, I think I've heard something with the age of accountability before about with the Exodus and going into the desert, and the people who got punished were the older generation because the kids were innocent, 
and they yeah. they'll take that and say, see, that's why if a kid passes away, they don't really go to hell if they were before the age of, and then they'll put an age on of it on it, right. 10, 15, 20 years right. old. I've heard up to twenty before mm. because they're not at that age of accountability. Right, and we see God, and the way they prove it is with the Exodus. Hmm. Um, that's where I've seen it the most probably. Um, I think people then have questions about Jesus himself. They'd say like, if we're born with a sinful nature, Jesus never sinned. Was he born with a sinful nature? But because then you're saying he was, Mm -hmm. he's he's dead in his trespasses Mm -hmm. when he was born. How does Jesus get by this then? If we don't Mm -hmm. have that. Yeah. Uh, So some people question that Mm -hmm. and would wonder the answer to that question as well. Mm. So I've run across both those, I think. Yeah. I think I would see maybe, um, that's interesting what you said about the Exodus. I've never heard the age of accountability biblically defended like really that, think which is Moeller, I think I read a paper on Moeller wrote on it. Hmm. I read that paper With that. on Moeller. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. I remember reading that. Um, I think the way that this plays out in more moderate, if we would mm-hmm. call them that, minds, I would just have to guess is that they they believe that that people are born with what we call original sin, but they're maybe not held account. Well, I guess it's just the age accountability again. They're yeah. not held culpable for that yet. Right. Um, and so they see there's the, the, the possibility of sin mm. and that they one day will sin. Mm. Um, but yeah, they're just not held accountable for it yet, mm-hmm. or it's not taken root yet, or they, they have to be given the chance to make their own decisions yeah. or mm-hmm. things like that. So I, I guess it just does that. That is kind of the definition of the age of accountability there. But um, yeah, that's I've not met anyone who would say that they are not born with original sin. I've not personally met anybody mm. that has said that before. Um, I just think that they maybe change the way it plays out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just answering the question of. If they're born with original sin, are they therefore held accountable to God from the earliest of ages right. for their sin right. uh, or for their their sinful nature? I just think when you start when people start thinking about it like that, that's when mm-hmm. I think they'll probably start, you know, changing the way they would answer it. I, I uh, think they, also is there's an understanding that sin is a is only a willful choice, yeah, or an action, an action that is involved in the will. So a baby can't sin because a baby's will is not choosing. He's not choosing to do this. Now, where we would differ, I mean, and this is where eventually we're going to get to, is the reason that we we, we would disagree with that because it's there's also a, you can sin without willing to sin. And you can be in a sinful condition, born in a sinful state, and that's why you choose to do bad things. Um, and so sin is not simply an exercise of the will. It is, it is, uh, a condition or a status that we have and our will is governed by our nature. Um, and that's where we would get to, um, and the old Baptist as well would, would, would point to the nature of, um, well, you've mentioned the term total depravity, but yeah, that whole idea that we're actually born, uh, guilty and polluted, and the fall of Adam. Mm-hmm. And um, as we've already kind of hinted at as well, this has radical ramifications, not simply for our understanding of sin, but our understanding of salvation. As I pointed out a lot, what you think the problem is is going to impact what the solution is. And um, I remember going through that denominations class, and we went through it on this podcast, and I remember reading um, you know, you read other Christian traditions, other denominations and traditions, 
And uh, many of them have a lower view of sin. And therefore, the view of salvation is not so gracious. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, because the problem's not so bad. So the solution doesn't have to be so good. Um, so what you believe about the fall of mankind is going to impact um, what you believe about the gospel, about what Jesus came to do and who he is. It's going to have uh, implications uh, for that. Yeah. I was really struck when I studied, you know, Psalm 51, where David says, in 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 conception, I, I was conceived yeah. in iniquity, mm-hmm. you know, and really studying that and what what that means. And that really, and I think that's, you know, in the Catholic tradition, I mean, the original sin, now obviously how they play that out with uh, merit and all that and penance and working, you know, yeah. the, working that, working the grace out is obviously way off, but they they do, they did have a, they do have a concept of original sin in that sense. Right. And, um, and actually, actually, you know, it's interesting. I've heard, um, I've heard it said before, cause somebody has, was, uh, this is a Lutheran guy, but he was talking, listened to a podcast and he said, I was talking to somebody one time and I said, um, uh, or maybe somebody asked another guy asked him and said, what do you think was the biggest insight of the, uh, reformation? And he said, oh, you know, justification by faith alone. And the guy said, I used to think that too. Mm. But he said, actually, I think it was their understanding of sin. Mm. Because actually Luther yeah. and uh, Calvin and uh, the Protestants had a much darker view of human sin yep. than the Catholics did, um, even ultimately, or the yeah. Eastern Orthodox. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah we, have a, we believe something really bad happened whenever mankind uh, sinned um, mm-hmm. against God. So I think this really does matter. So we're talking about it because it does, it does matter. Um, so I'm going to be stealing this from Lewis Burkoff. Um, and uh, he's got a thing called the summary of Christian uh, doctrine. But when we talk about whether or not this statement, everyone is born in the eye, innocent in the eyes of God, we would disagree with that. Um, actually, everybody but Jesus is born guilty um, in the eyes of God. And he describes um, original sin um, as it, having two components, guilt and pollution, guilt and pollution. Um, so he says, first of all, the guilt of Adam's sin is imputed to us because he sinned as our representative. We are guilty in him. So right away, there's an understanding here that we have a relationship to Adam. Um, we have a relationship to our first father. Um, some people you might, and, and, and some people will say, well, Adam was simply a bad example. And that is true. He was a bad example, but he was more than that. He was our representative. He was, uh, some people in the past would use the idea of a covenant head. He was the, he was the one, uh, you know, um, that was it the old Puritan primer, New England primer in Adam's fall fell. We all, mm. and, um, and so if Adam had stood, we all would have stood Yeah. if, but when Adam fell, we all fell. Um, and this is an idea that I think, um, it actually makes sense of biblical texts, yeah. but it but is is very uncomfortable um, to us uh, today. Um, the Puritans call that fed what federal federal headship federal headship yeah yeah, yeah federal headship yeah yeah mm-hmm. so there's there, every, salvation hangs upon two people right ultimately the first Adam and the second Adam. yeah <laughs> yeah and that is that is what happens so mm-hmm. um, we are held guilty. And his guilt, when Adam took of the fruit and ate it Mm. and broke God's law, he became guilty 
but he, that guilt is also imputed, reckoned, mm-hmm. counted to all of us mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So we are counted as, as guilty and as under the wrath of God because of what Adam did mm-hmm. automatically. Yeah. We are already condemned. Um, yeah. Romans 5 is a big, big chapter here in talking about this. Paul is, is showing the comparison and the contrast between the first Adam and the second Adam, Jesus, as, as the second Adam. And, and Paul writes this in verse 12 of Romans chapter 5. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned, um, for sin what is in, what indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. And eventually he says there in verses 18 and 19, therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. So that seems pretty straightforward that whatever happened to Adam is going to be reflected in what you think about happens to us in Jesus. Adam fell. We get his guilt imputed to us. Um, but the good news is the opposite is the case for us in yeah, Christ. What would the argument be against it? I'm, get, I'm trying to think. I mean, would it be like, well... Adam sinned and he got kicked out of the garden and mm-hmm. got kicked out of that perfect environment. Therefore, right. when his kids were born, the perfection just wasn't really attainable. I mean, they were still born mm-hmm. in a perfect right. state. I mean, is that is that what the argument yeah, would were, be? Yeah, there are some people actually like Pelagius who said in yeah. the past, right, against Augustine, that children are born the same as Adam was in the garden. Yeah, perfect. Um, and the only reason you sin is because you choose to sin and you've got a bad example. It's your it's your environment. Yeah. You sin because of your environment, not because you have a bad heart. So, which there's only one person to blame our environment on. There you go. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're so they're putting their right. sin on God. Right. And they put me in the wrong environment. And there's this idea right. too, yeah. right? There's this basic principle so that true. you can't hold me accountable for what somebody else did. Yeah. If that's the case, then you are not going to be saved by Christ on the cross. Yeah, right. You had better do the work yep. and get into heaven by the law, which, by the way, this goes back, you could read about Pelagius versus Augustine. Pelagius would say, yeah. well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Yeah, you do need to do the work. Yeah, he would. Yeah, do the work because you can and because uh, you're not guilty, right, And yeah. in, in this view. And so I think, I think it's helpful to be reminded of I was born guilty, for Adam's sin imputed to me. Um, you know, that's, that's maybe they took this poll in Moscow, Idaho. <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> Cause there's a man there named Doug Wilson, which probably doesn't mean anything to most people, but this is, uh, he's a Christian, but he, uh, he has a lot of followers and they're like building Spencer. You're going to know more about it than me, but he's like building like a utopia kind of mm. in a town kinda. and people are moving there yes. wow. and he has his own school. And this is where his big hangup is. We probably would agree with a, a lot of his theology, but this is where one of his big hangups is, is he, I don't know if he would say he denies it, but he, right. Would he say he denies original would, sin? Yeah. You know, you know, he's he very would, confused. He wouldn't deny original sin, but he would. The view of salvation would be yeah. conditional. It would be basically you're in by grace, but you stay by works. Yeah, 
Yeah. And it, has, it goes all the way back to Adam, like a fight with, with Adam a little mm. bit, right? Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, he's yeah. a... He's a you can you can go learn a lot about Doug Wilson yeah, if you yeah, want. He's a not a good there. teacher, no, um, no. Um, to follow. Um, but mm. I think this is important because this is also so. Uh, this is important because what you believe about what happened in the fall is going to show what you think is required for us um, in the new uh, sure. birth coming in Christ. And we'll talk about that after we get through the the next part because I think it's 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 helpful then um the ne- the next scene there. Um, but it doesn't simply consist of Adam's guilt, but also Adam's pollution. We are polluted from birth. Um, again, Burkhoff says this, moreover, we also inherit Adam's pollution and now have a positive disposition towards sin. Man is by nature totally depraved. This does not mean that every man is as bad as he can be, but that sin has corrupted every part of his nature and rendered him unable to do any spiritual good. He may still do many praiseworthy things in relation to his fellow beings, but even his best works are radically defective because they are not prompted by love to God nor done in obedience to God. Thoughts about pollution and the state of pollution. Yeah, I mean, Scripture even, Paul says, I think it was Paul, right? Even my righteous deeds are as filthy mm. rags. I mean, there's, uh, and so we see it again just clearly. You have other verses here I'm yeah. sure that you'll read uh, in a moment. But uh, just stuff like that just seems so cut and dry and so clear that even when we try to do the good, and, and I think our, I think if we're honest with ourselves, we see it even in ourselves, right? Is like, um, take something as simple as uh, giving out a thank you card to somebody for something, you know, why do you do that? Are you doing it to really thank them? Are you doing it to show kindness back? Are you doing it so that you look like you're thankful? You know, mm-hmm. what's your motivation behind it? And so often I think when we look when we look at all the things that we do, even the good things, if we really dig down deep, we can see selfishness involved in them mm-hmm. in everything. Yeah. Um, and it and we can't get away from that. Even when we mm-hmm. want to get away from it, we we can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. So even people who've been Christians for forty years and really striving mm-hmm. and growing, we still will find that stuff in our heart that it's mm-hmm. just like I can't, I cannot root this out as hard as right. I try. Right. right, it's just impossible. Yeah, and it's because it's in our it's in our nature. We're polluted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think. Um, I mean, I, I I think about verses like Genesis chapter six. Um, the Lord looks, it says, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Um, and yeah, last I yeah. checked, the human race hasn't changed. Yeah. And so, um, and other verses like we've got here, right? Um, Paul says this in Romans chapter seven, for I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. And Paul's even saying that as a believer, I want to do what's right, but I still have remaining pollution in me um, that that hinders me. Uh, Jeremiah, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Mm-hmm. Um, so not only are my children and all of our children born guilty for Adam's sin and under God's condemnation, they are also born with, uh, with an inherited pollution um, that their hearts are polluted to where now they're they're not disposed. Their natural tendency, their habit is not naturally to do what's right. 
their habits are bent to do what's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's twisted. Mm-hmm. And that's what God's grace is to bend us back um, to doing uh, God's God's yeah. good. Goodness. And that's what some of the good news is, right? Is when, when we are saved by God's grace, we now actually are able to do good works. Right. That have that have benefit and that are that are even pleasing to other people. Mm-hmm. Right. So in Ephesians two ten, mm-hmm. after talking about what God has done for us, how he has saved us. How it says we are in, in that it's not of our work so that we can't right. boast. So right. that's out of there. Right. But he does say we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus why for good works. Mm-hmm. So there are actually then good works. Right. We don't benefit we don't we don't uh credit them to ourselves. Right. We say, Yeah, I'm doing this in the name of Christ. I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm giving you this meal in the name of in the name of Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I, I, I'm doing these good works because of him and who he is. I'm, I'm able to do these. And even in those things, again, we recognize our sin. We recognize our, 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 fault, our faults. Um, but, but we are, that, that's the good news of this, right? Yeah. God doesn't leave us there no. mm-hmm. in that as he saves us. And we look forward to the day when there will be no more corruption, mm-hmm. no more stain, no more pollution, when we won't experience that anymore. And we, we can't even really fathom what that'll be mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Uh, because we're so prone to to sin, right? Mm-hmm. And, and normally yeah. that sin is self-absorbed sin. I mean, it's just you putting yourself above right. everything mm-hmm. all the right. time. Yeah, it, it and is. That's, that's, oh, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. That's really where you see sin manifest itself in a child's life first. Mm-hmm. Self-absorption, mm-hmm. selfishness. I know, Abigail One, just keeps crying. No. <laughs> so annoying. Dumb, baby. Yeah. Gosh. I'm thinking of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but that, you know, like the toddler stage yeah. is where you see that. Yeah. Right. Me. Yeah. Mine. Yeah. They get, like, how you want to make a toddler angry, get, like, or, like, even, it might not even be a toy, it's just attention. Hold another baby mm-hmm. and see what your toddler does. Right, they want it. They want the attention. They're jealous of that. Right, and so that mm-hmm. self-absorption, that focus on the self, that's where you see mm-hmm. sin manifest itself before people can even talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's just interesting how you know people, even you know, even theologians, try to get around this idea. Mm-hmm. I remember early on in my Christian life, somebody gave me the book. Um, the normal Christian life by Watchman Nee. Mm. And what, he came out of the holiness movement, you know, when he got, got saved in China and did mission work and all that. Anyway, and his whole premise of that is Romans 5 through 8. But when he gets to Romans 7, he gets around Paul's kind of the personal, it's, I mean, it's very mm-hmm. I, I, personal pronouns that it's used. He gets around that saying, this is Paul when he was under the law. Right. You know, when he was not, you know, um, you know, a, a converted mm-hmm. follower right. of Christ. And uh, I, I think since then I've learned in studying that, no, I mean, this is Romans 7 is very descriptive of the Christian life. It is the right. normal Christian life. Yeah. And yet there is this whole movement that I think is, is steeped in Pelagianism and Arminianism mm-hmm. that has come into play with the holiness movement that you can reach a perfection here yes. on earth. Right. You know, where you can actually reach. I mean, there's books by Finlon. He was, a, I think, French kind of, um, you know, uh, Christian perfectionist person that way way long way long ago that believed you could reach that Christian mm-hmm. perfection, you know um, William William Law picked up mm-hmm. on that in the Church of England, you know, and uh, whatever. Yeah, it's a great name for his last name. William Law, yeah. heavy on the law. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's just it's a yeah. lot of kicking today. And I think yeah. too, I think this is the the tricky thing too is is because I think people push against this doctrine 
partially because they want they don't want people to feel like they can't believe in Jesus. They, they there's a concern that they want to set people free. But the ironic thing I think is that in, that that the subtle thing is actually it enslaves people. Yeah. Um, because the gospel is actually the opposite of this. It's actually better. Um, because for instance, the guilt part, uh, Christ, we, we get Adam's guilt imputed to us, but we get Christ's righteousness mm. imputed to us mm. for us on the cross. And that's why as well, Jesus didn't simply, um, drop from heaven as a full grown man. Mm. He was conceived by the power of the Holy spirit mm-hmm in the womb of the Virgin Mary to sanctify even the conception because that shows where the, if you want to know where the root of sin is, it's in the womb. And so that's why he had to be conceived by the power of the Holy spirit Mm. to be sanctified from the womb. So even then he was saving us from our sins by being a fetus in his mother's womb. Mm -hmm. He was, he was taking our place and then being born. He was taking our place as a child. He obeyed where my children and I have never obeyed my parents. He was taking our place all the way. Um, And so therefore all of that righteousness is now given to us. And when as a, as a gift, it's reckoned to us. Um, And so if, if you don't like the fact, or if, if, if we have problems with the fact that Adam's guilt is imputed to us, then, Actually, if you're being logically consistent, and I realize a lot of people aren't, but if you are being logically consistent, you should have a problem with Christ's righteousness being imputed to you for free grace because mm-hmm. of what he did for us. And then also, whereas we're polluted in our hearts where we have a disposition now towards sin, well, Christ also comes and we're be- we become new creations in him. Toward now, we still struggle with the flesh, as Romans 7 says. It's still a daily battle. But we are new creations, and we are now, by the Spirit's power and by Christ at work in us, dwelling in us, we are uh, slowly but surely being transformed more and more into the image of his Son, into the image of Christ, so that now we can be zealous for good works and walk in the works that that Christ has, that God has prepared for us um, um, in him. So I think that's why... Again, we see these two things, and really, and in my opinion, these this this original sin and then the gospel that we just talked about, that's really the core of the Christian message right there. So if we if we mess up or deviate from this, we're gonna deviate in the in the gospel message um as well. So yeah. Is there any other thoughts or things about original sin that you want to talk about before we, we wrap up? Any original ideas? Any original? Hey, Dave, good job. <laughs> That's for you, Spencer. Yeah, that, I appreciate that. No, I'm, I'm hungry. You're hungry? I'm ready to eat. Okay. Is that self-absorption again? <laughs> good night. We can't get away from it. <laughs> yeah, Tim's just... I'm just a slave to... No, I'm not. No, you're not. You've told us before. You're not a slave. You won't... <laughs> yeah, I've been freed. You've That's been fun. set free. So, there you go. okay. Okay, well, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be with you uh, next time. Take care. God bless.